singing narwhals narwhals oh go ahead okay narwhals narwhals because they are so awesome okay Okay. this is worse than junko (laughs) (laughs) fuck you so we're going to wait happy christmas merry christmas merry christmas happy former hanukkah um happy all the holidays hope season's greetings happy holidays Hope you're having fun with your family during this time. And not Happy having just a, a terrible regular December time. December and not having a terrible time. Yeah, if you don't celebrate, you know. Hope you're having hope some you're nice having time your, off. Yeah. Good time if off. If you aren't having time off, hope your normal day is normal. Or you're getting time and a half. Yeah. As legally mandated. Yes. I hope you do that too. <laughs> you um, better. And if not, HIPAA. Text e- uh <laughs> Isabel. Is HIPAA the doctor? Yeah. Yeah. OSHA is what I was, I was thinking like, of. Um, that also has nothing a, to do with it's anything. It's Department of Labor, y'all. Thank you. <laughs> so we are going to, like... Wait, wait, wait. Let's introduce who we are in this oh. podcast. Holy crap. This is a mess. <laughs> this is a mess. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking <Okay>. mess. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we are two girls, one scaredy cat. One narwhal. And an narwhal <laughs> today. Um, you're like off the rails <laughs> and it was all of a sudden because I know you were like grumpy and like lethargic and now it's like narwhals I love narwhals for context I have narwhal wrapping paper on gifts so anyway we're going to be oh, oh I'm, Emma. I'm Emily I'm Emily I'm Isabel I'm a narwhal <laughs> sorry I'm Monica um, we're going to be opening gifts that we got each other cause I know we're recording this ahead of time, but we're not going to see each other again until after Christmas yeah, or we have, whatever. Well, we might, but like we're not going to be recording because and, we or just don't like have being able to give each other gifts. Yeah, so we just have time. This is happening, so we're gonna open gifts throughout the episode. And right now, we're opening gifts that Isabel got. So us. Wolfgang, open yours. Monica, open yours. Emily, open yours. Her yeah. cheer is coming out. Her I'm cheer. So side. all at the same time. Yeah, oh. or he can go first. Oh. I mean, he, I'm just going to take well, this Well, he knows what it is. So it doesn't not, matter. I still want to see what it is. Okay. Well, backstory of why I bought this for him. Wolf splurged. We splurged on a new leather jacket for him from <gasps> oh, All Saints. Okay. But this oh, is All not. All Saints. Yeah. Shit, girl. Yeah, we went ham. Um, they had a Both really. Both of we, I split with him. Got so it. he doesn't want to wear his leather jacket, that really nice one, every single day. Right. Makes sense. So you got so him a casual. guess what I bought him? We got him a day. casual, everyday leather jacket from H&M. Sponsor me. Invincible wrapping. With invincible wrapping. Um, <laughs> so yeah, this is our first time seeing it. It's been in the bag the whole entire time in my apartment, as it should have been. But yeah, so this is one of his presents for me, so... I'm really excited to see it and what it looks like. Hey, yay! I love leather jackets. Yeah, but this is his third one because his first one he bought at the store in Milwaukee. Mm. And it was super beat up. The lining inside was coming out. And then his second one was the All Saints one because he just wears a leather jacket almost every single day. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to invest in a piece for him. And this third one is this the casual one where he can just like... Get it beat yeah, up exactly. and be perfectly okay with it. If it's it. like raining, you can yeah, wear this one. and he can wear this one. So it's nice. It's a pretty nice little jacket. H and M, you did well. 
Um, it looks like it. it's warm inside, too. It looks... It's pleather, obviously, so it's not yeah, real leather. Who like, cares? Like, like the All Saints, but it looks pretty real. So. Wait, All Saints is pleather? What? No, she's saying it's The real. All Saints is real. Oh. I said the All Saints was real. Um, My no. mom is texting me. She's probably like, what? Um, yeah, so if you want to try it on, babe, we can all ooh and ah. Mm-hmm. Fashion, Fashion show. show. Fashion show. He's going to be the only one wearing anything because none of us got each other clothes. Yeah. Or did we? <laughs> There's not clothes in there. <laughs> Maybe. One Oh, yeah. Ooh, does it fit you? I like it. looks good. It looks mm, really good. It looks really good. It has poke eye. Yeah. Yeah. Now he's just lounging it. Woo! I like it. All right. I like it. Now, Moni and M. Yeah. Oh, M's already on her. Well, I stopped once you were like, let's do this first, which is fine. M's already like, I already halfway. know what this is. I don't know what mine looks like, but I know what it is. Even though Isabel... And I got you something else, Monica. This was before you guys. They got me two things. <gasps> this is before. Oh my god! <laughs> so this is what happened. We decided to do one together for all of us, but I had already bought my presents for them, so I just we kept them and and like I'm giving to them now. I like. I and, I uh, can't. <laughs> this is amazing. Does it so, say sushi? Yes, it does. Oh my god! So basically, well, Isabel got us prints and. Mine is like a print of like types of sushi and like what they mean. Oh, that's so pretty. Guess it's what it is. A uterus. A uterus. She was this like, which one adorable. do you think she'll like better? I held it upside down. Yeah, you did. <laughs> she like sent me several this options. This is gorgeous. I was I'm like, going to keep it yes. in the bathroom. Oh, I've yeah. needed bathroom. Let paintings. me see it again. I love that is it. Really I pretty. love that. That is really pretty. Yay! But I got it from this local store in uh, Bishop's Art, Bishop Arts. I really like shopping locally, as my two mm. best friends and everyone in this room knows. Um, and so they do. Sushi. So they source local prints from around the Dallas Fort Worth area, and so I just bought this from that store, and they have a ton of different prints. So both of the prints are actually made by different so people. Cute. Just both, I just bought it from the same store. It's amazing. This yeah, is, I love it. So her card says "artist slash Virgo." <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's too funny. Um, but her, yeah, yours is different. Yeah, so. I just I love this. I'm glad everybody loves their gifts. It's what I would put on my business card, <laughs> but I'm not I a Virgo. It. Yeah, I really love this. This is so cool. I'm already imagining like maybe like a blue locker frame. Oh, that'd be Ooh, cute. Deep emerald. Like, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. yes. Yeah, that'd be so pretty. So this we... matches my room aesthetic too, like black and white. Oh, I know. So that's why I bought it's it. One hundred percent going in my room. I thought you'd love it because it. Yeah, it just I says just, all the different sushi. It. You Thank love sushi. You. It says like what the like what a sushi is, and then what's in it, and oh. then like it just keeps descriptions. Going in, in it's cute. Yeah. So That's we'll take sushi. pictures, I guess, of it, and I'll post it on social media so that you can see what they look like, um, and then I'll tag the store I got it from, so if you're in local to Dallas, you can go and support, because I support locally for almost everything I do, gift-wise, not food-wise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Food is a little harder. Fashion. Fashion, I do support local for all my fashion, most of my fashion. It's perfect. Uh, favor the kind 
is pretty local. I used to go to 79 Salt in Amarillo. I just got something from them, actually, because I can buy you can buy stuff online, and they'll mm-hmm. ship it to you and stuff, so I bought one of their stuff. Oh, nice. Um, I buy... I guess I haven't really found... I still am trying to find my local stores here in Dallas. It's hard. My it's, mom's it's really hard. Cade, me. She just said K. Rude. <laughs> she was like, I'm going to the grocery store. I know. She has no idea. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to the grocery store. Do you need anything? And I said, no, no I'm good. good. And she said, K. Okay. <laughs> Fuck you for not needing me. <laughs> All right. We're going to rock, paper, scissors up this. Oh, theme. Wait. Theme, theme, theme. 1960s. 1960s. We're going to... We did we'll oh, do that throughout. Break it up. Yeah. Okay. So we'll do, like, more in between. Mine's, like, not that rough. rough. It's kind of super funny. Oh, good. Mine is kids dying. Oh. In the 1960s? Oh, I think I kids haven't kids died, died, like, forever. <laughs> People have been born since the beginning of time. What? Uh, okay. Gilmore Girls. <laughs> no, I know. So, 1960s. I mean, it was pretty. A br- it was a pretty broad topic, but Monica insisted that we do it because she, I guess, has a very good one. Super excited. Like, we were going to do holiday ones after I, I started finding ones. them. And then Monica was like, I've already started on the 1960s. I was like, okay. Yeah, I want <laughs> holiday ones because I literally was like, oh, let's do, ho-. like, they're talking about themes and they're like, what themes are we going to do? They're not going to be happy. And no. Then, and they were like, oh, and I was like, oh, let's do a holiday one because I Surprisingly, just... I found a ton. Yeah. It wasn't like holiday. I'm going to use that list you sent. Oh, for sure. It wasn't like holiday being the reason why people were murdered it just happened to be at the time i think an alarming amount of gentlemen dressed there were so many there was a dallas one where like and it just i remembered when it happened it happened 2011 or something like that where like a guy in dallas dressed up as santa killed like his ex's family yeah some shit it was awful i would have loved to hear about heard about that we were still here okay okay let's rock my uterus (laughs) i'm glad you love your uterus (laughs) <laughs> um one one two three four shoot it's one two three shoot <laughs> you shoot on shoot one, one i can't see okay. two three, three shoot. shoot you knew how would i know <laughs> i don't know <laughs> how would i know okay uh, i i just give up monica <laughs> lost paper surprise to, to scissors prize. she's one once and then we let her i've <laughs> never won and then won we won one time first i swear i did you won with amy bradley yeah did i yeah, yeah you won first that time i did um cool. and then you got two ties in a row but then that was thank you for mentioning them yeah. i think they're important they're important you got two ties in a row okay so Skirt. mine i got exclusively from this new york daily news article um is that a reputable source I cross-checked the information, so, like, I know it's accurate. But I'm, I'll get into why I picked this one specifically later. But, like, the headline was very catching. Um, and I... Um, so, mine are the... I'm thinking it's pronounced Canic Chase Murders. Canic? C A N N O C K. Okay. But it's British. Oh. So, so it could be like who knows? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to British England, but sorry. Um okay. This one involves child rapes and murders, so like if that is 
I mean, that's my that's my trigger warning. That's rough. It is. It's super rough. But mine is also like a two-parter in the sense that it involves these murders and then it involves a supernatural element, which is mostly the reason why I picked it. Okay. On December 1st, 1964, nine-year-old Julia Taylor was lured into a car in Blockswich, England, which is a small town in the West Midlands. Which, if you'll go back to our very first episode, mm, Bella. Bella, Bella and the Witch Elm took place in the West Midlands. So, same area. She was lured into a car by a man. She was walking home from a birthday party around 9 p.m. Could you imagine being nine years old at 9 p.m. walking home no. by yourself? Why no. was he walking home from a what party? What time was oh, 1960s? She was. Why? Because they could. They did. I don't know. Because her parents didn't want to come and pick her up. Yeah. They didn't have time to. They're at work. Anything. Yeah. A cyclist later found her in the grass on the side of the road. Dead? Dead. No. (gasps) She had been sexually assaulted and choked, but she was actually still alive. Oh. When she could speak again, Julia told police the stranger told her that he was her Uncle Len. He told her he was going to drive her to her aunt's house to get Christmas presents. She got in the car, and he took her to a secluded spot where he attacked her. Oh, my God. Investigators used Julia's description of the man to create a composite sketch and launched a massive house search for Uncle Len. Other young girls said that they'd been approached by a man in a big car who told them, Mummy said you should come with me, but none of these girls went with him. Why did this girl go with him? Bitch, I I don't know. Yeah. She was nine, I guess. I don't know. I'm just confused. Let's just say they just keep getting younger. Oh, okay. Instead, (laughs) they ran away and told their parents, who in turn called the police. But they didn't catch anyone, and the rapist was still out there. (gasps) On September 8th, 1965, so a year later, basically, six-year-old Margaret Reynolds left for school, which was near her Birmingham home. Mm -hmm. So she was walking to school at age six. I mean, that's normal. It was definitely normal. However, I couldn't even imagine. Six is young. She never showed up to school, and no one knew what had happened to her. I mean, I was talking to an Uber driver, and they let their kid walk to school. How old is kid? I mean... If they live right by the school, it might be a little different. They don't. I mean, I mean, they do ish. Like, but they. It's you would ta- have to if you're walking. They, yeah, to but they. T- he times it so he knows what time he's supposed to be home. If that makes sense. I guess. I don't know, but like that's in this day and age. Like, that I, I someone's... understand. Yeah, I mean, there's a many a reason why you'd have to have have to be walking home. So. Yeah. On December fifth, so a couple months later, five year old Diane Tift, who was also from Blockswitch was playing outside near her grandmother's house when she went missing. Less than two weeks later, a hiker spotted something that he thought was a doll, but it was oh. actually Diane's body. Oh. The police found Margaret's body, so the one, the six-year-old, yeah. who was walking to school, um, submerged in silt near where Diane was found. <gasps> Diane's killer raped and then suffocated her. Margaret's body was too decomposed to determine how she died. Oh, my God. So. We're both. Oh, they were found together. Oh, no. Margaret Stop. and Diane. They're too cute. 
little babies they're literally like babies. babies yeah um so august 7th of 1967 so fast forward two years seven-year-old christine ann darby from walsall i think that's how you say it which is also in the west midlands was walking with two friends when a man in a car was driving by stopped and told christine to get in the car and she listened what i know she was with people so like what escalation it's crazy well not even escalation it's just like your child how did they let a seven-year-old go her little friends didn't tell her to not go i don't know her body was found by searchers a few days later in Canuck Chase, thus the name, which is a mile from where the two previous girls had been found. So the dumping grounds is in a similar area. Police began a manhunt with 150 detectives who interviewed 80,000 people. Oh, my God. And then they went to 40,000 homes. Wow. Yeah. 40,000? 40,000. So I'm going to get into it a little later about how big the scale of this investigation was, like this manhunt. They probably, like, cared a lot because it was little babies. So no progress was made until November 4th of 1968. So basically the next year. This is Christine. Oh. She's probably blinking, I guess. Yeah, I know. She's adorable. (laughs) I had that haircut. I have that haircut. Sorry. I know you have that haircut. <laughs> I have a picture of you on my phone with that haircut. Is that when I call you? No, that one's the, what do you call yourself in that picture? Beastie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Beastie. <laughs> I love that picture, though. Beastie. Okay. So we're fast forwarding to November of 1968. In Walsall. So that same place that I mentioned a second ago. Two siblings, Maggie, who was 10, and Stephen, who was 9, were helping their mom prepare for Bonfire Night, which is a British holiday. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about Bonfire Night for a second, just in case cool. you don't know what that is. I know you guys do, because of history class. <laughs> so, for those that don't know, Bonfire Night is also known as Guy Fox Night in the UK. There are There's a Bonfire Night in the US. It means it's a totally different thing. It has yeah. nothing to do with this. Yeah. It's on a so different day. It's 4th of July. Um, no, I know they celebrate in Louisiana, but anyway. Yeah, so I don't, they don't celebrate in a lot of places. Because when I was trying to find like a simple explanation of what Guy Fox Night was, and I Googled Bonfire Night, it was like Louisiana. listed like 30 different things. And so I was like, okay, no Guy Fox Night. <laughs> anyway, so if you don't know who Guy Fox is, he was a member of the Gunpowder Plot and was arrested while guarding explosives that had been placed beneath the House of Lords. So basically, they were just trying to blow up Parliament. Anyway. Celebrating the fact that King James I had survived the attempt on his life, people lit bonfires around London. And months later, the introduction of the holiday basically made it a Thanksgiving. So I think it's their, like, Thanksgiving holiday. Yeah. Um, anyway. Mm-hmm. When remember, remember the 5th of November. I don't remember. Yeah. The- <laughs> I don't remember. I'm by remember. Yep. Also, everyone needs to watch that one movie with Natalie Portman. Mm-hmm. Be for Fendetta. Or read the comic. Be for Fendetta. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's the well, movie where Natalie you, Portman Would you like to shave talk? Her head. <laughs> Natalie Portman literally shaved her head for this movie. It's in the movie. Shaving her head. Anyway. Be for Fendetta. Yep. Watch it. Great Be movie. for Vendetta. Okay, we're going to say it again? 
Save you for Vendor. <laughs> so anyway, back to Maggie. Her name was Margaret, but we already had a Margaret, so I'm calling her Maggie. Um, her mom and brother went back into the house just for a moment. And she's gone. Well, this left Maggie outside alone. And a stranger happened to be driving by and then parked and approached her. <coughs> Excuse me. So these are all just opportune, like, murders of opportunity. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not, How do you I, know? He definitely wasn't stalking them. Like, we, we know this. Okay. So he's just, like, driving around and he'll just pull he the car. kids. Yeah. Uh, well, not kids. Or a kid. Well, a girl. <coughs> or. <laughs> you're right. You're right. It's girls. So. Uh, he asked if she wanted to go with him to get some free fireworks because you light fireworks on this holiday and that he would drive her to that location he grabbed her arm in an attempt to bring her toward his car but she wiggled free a 19 year old neighbor whose name is Wendy saw what had happened and called Maggie over to her Wendy memorized the license plate number and make and model of the car. Wendy, go, Wendy. Fuck yeah, Wendy. Wendy, you badass bitch. Hell yeah. Was it a Ford? She stayed sexy. Yeah, it was. Whoa. Do you want to guess what? You wouldn't know it, though. It's an old brand. Old model. Ford Corsair. No, I have no clue what that is. Anyway, she went to the police. The description of the man that she gave matched the earlier composite that had been made after Julia's attack. I feel like sketchy people are always driving Fords when things happen. <laughs> it probably just speaks to the fact that Ford just sells a lot of cars. Yeah. Oh, sure. Probably. But um, someone, one of the murders are we those did like today. Are cicadas? Cicadas? Cicadas. Whatever. Cicada, bro. <laughs> yeah, but they are cicadas outside my window. So we'll pause there for a moment so I can talk about the investigation that I... Mm mentioned earlier okay the three murders were similar in that each victim was determined to have been coaxed into the car while near her home then murdered after being sexually assaulted Mm. christine diane and margaret lived within a 17 mile radius of each other and near the a34 road that passes through canic chase Uh... yeah so these murders are sometimes called the a34 murders as well but that's funny yeah huh what what monica Go ahead. Off your... The murders oh. sparked one of the biggest <laughs> murder investigations in British criminal history. Ever? Wow. Worse than Ripper? Wow. The manhunt was larger than that of the infamous Moors murders. What? Wow. Do you know what the Moors murders No. Are? <laughs> I mean, I would really want to cover them. I don't care if either one of us does it, but it's bad. Oh, you can go ahead. Okay. It's a bad one. Um, but that's, no, but I just that sucks to the volume of this. I just case. thought I should be in awe because it, you should be you should be it's <laughs> because big. it sounds they're like, like a big deal big very big it's it's a big deal so um earlier when i mentioned the composite sketch this was actually the first time a composite had been used in british criminal history as well wow yeah i was about to ask when this was but uh the 60s <laughs> specifically right now we're in 68 okay so, back to the car that wendy saw police tracked down the owner of the car his name is Ford. Raymond Leslie Morris. Oh, the fucker. He did it. He was 39 and lived in Walsall. And immediately, the police didn't think it could possibly be him. <laughs> what? Why? He had a reputable job as an engineer. Oh, who cares? And a wife. Who cares? Who was 14 years younger than him? Wow. When did they get married? Oh, that um, says... They were married for like five years before this. Oh. That's telling. I think so. 
I think so. And he had a good reputation. Who cares? I know. People wait, 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 wait. I do want to do some math, though, because... That's fine. So he's 39. She's 14 years younger than him. Oh. That's 25. Oh. And no, but, but then you said 20, that they... So, so she got married when she was barely yeah. I think it said and 19. They dated so for like two birthday. years. 19. Would have been barely legal. Yeah. People that knew him said he was a very nice man and was very smart. By the way, his IQ was known to be 120. So take from that I have what no you will. Idea what I yeah, what does like I think what? the average is around ninety or or hundred, not a hundred, but like I think eighty or ninety is the average. So like one hundred and twenty would be exceptional. Impressive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Since the investigation had begun, he'd been interviewed by the police four fucking times. <laughs> Circumstantial yeah. evidence had led the police toward Morris for Christine's murder, but his wife had insisted that. He'd been with her shopping at the time of the murder. Thanks, Why wife. are you... It's okay. We like his wife. Because after a search of his home, the police found... And this is where... I mean, it's already been awful, but... Uh, they found pornographic photos of a young girl that mm. they showed to his wife. And the five-year-old girl in the photos was her niece. <gasps> yep. Five. Oh, my God. She was five. Oh my god! Yeah, very young. So she fucking flipped on his ass. Yeah, disgusting piece of shit. He so they arrested him on November sixteenth on two charges of indecent assault on the niece and one attempted abduction of Maggie. So at this point, this is all they're like have. Yeah, but it's enough to arrest him. So after seeing the photos, his wife she had zero issue (laughs) with taking back her earlier statement and thus spoiling any kind of alibi that Morris. Could have had. The trial commenced on February 18th of 1969. Morris was found guilty of the rape and murder of seven-year-old Christine Darby, with the jury deliberating for less than two hours before reaching their verdict. Well. Nice. But why did they only convict for one? I'll talk about it in a second. He was sentenced to life imprisonment. Yes. Mm -hmm. During the trial, and now, this is sad, and now teenage Julia Taylor, so the victim that had survived... It was now a te- Wow, that's a really long time. Because yeah. it was in 74 when she was attacked. I mean, 64. Oh, and so it's like... S- nine, 69 nine. now. Yeah. So she's a teenager. She was a nine when she... Yeah. Oh, okay. She was... That makes sense. Seven... She was the she oldest was nine. one. Yeah. She was nine. Yeah. So she's a teen, yeah. Because uh, Maggie was 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, her brother was nine. Sorry. Anyway. Um, during the trailer, trial, Julia Taylor had to be removed from the public gallery after crying out, that's oh. him, that's the man that did it to me. <gasps> Isn't that awful? Yeah. Where does the supernatural element? I'm not done. Okay. Although he was only convicted of murdering Christine, Morris is considered the chief suspects in the death of both Margaret and Diane, despite a lack of sufficient evidence for him to be charged with either murder. So they just didn't have evidence, but they're pretty mm-hmm. sure it's him. Same kind of M.O. Yeah. Um, Margaret's body, they said, was really decomposed, so I don't think they could find any DNA. Yeah. Okay. I've always wondered, like, if you don't have evidence, but the person says they did it. He didn't. He didn't. No, but I mean, like, if they oh, did, see. can you put them away and just be like, okay, yes. bye. Yeah. I mean, sometimes. I don't really know. Um, uh, oh, yeah. I was about to say math, but it's not math. It's legal. Although he was... Oh, I said that already. Uh, oh, that's da, da, da. Really. The, Margaret's family consider Morris to be her killer. 
After the trial, it was discovered that Morris's brother had entered Kanek police station, stating that he believed Morris to be capable of abducting the two girls whose bodies had yet to be found. His this brother was, said that. Yep. This wow. was in the middle of the investigation. What? This was right after Diane and um, Margaret had gone missing. However, as he had no evidence, his statement had been marked no further action, and due to a filing error, this incident was not discovered until after the trial. What the hell? Doesn't that sound very similar to my last one? Yeah. So Morris made his first statement in 2011, like a public statement, saying, I can only say over and over again I didn't do it and hope that someone will listen. Three years later, he... Um, the man known as the monster of Canuck Chase died of cancer at age 84. Hope it was painful, asshole. This is him. <laughs> wow. He's kind of handsome. Yeah, he is. I hate that. I don't find him handsome. Okay. Well, he's he's good looking. Sure, he has I'd a say. symmetrical face. Yeah. <laughs> so. Devoid of blemishes or boils. The reason why I found out about these murders was because I saw the headline of an article that said it is believed that the victims of Morris now haunt the area. That makes sense. As black-eyed kids. Ah! I did this for you because we've talked about it. <laughs> that is creepy. Do you know what black-eyed kids are? No. I'm gonna tell you a oh, story. Black eyed kids? Yeah, I'm gonna tell Do you a story. Do I wanna know? Is it Are gonna they be like scary? Black eyed peas? It's gonna be scary, but sorry. I don't want no, I have to sleep here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go into a bit of detail about what black eyed kids are so that everyone can understand if you don't already know. So this is like just a little explanation, then I'm gonna read a story of black eyed kids. So this is a thing. <laughs> it's a thing. It's okay. like um let me let me explain. So, black-eyed kids are an urban legend of entities that appear usually as children or teenagers with all black eyes. They usually appear and ask for help or even a ride somewhere. Uh, and tales of such entities. Um, There's have a tale like that in uh, Bright Rock Lake. I well, bet there is, but <laughs> she's. Not, I don't think she's black-eyed. She just asks for a ride and gets in the car and then. There's a puddle of water. Yeah, this one, they, like, come to your front door. Oh. And stuff. Oh. They don't, like, just appear in your house. Oh. They, like, they, it seems like they're real. And then you look at their face. And Okay, so let me, let me tell uh. the story. So I found this online. This was, like, a spooky one, so I'm going to read it. This has nothing to do <laughs> with the Canic Chase murders. I just want to give an example of what black-eyed kids are. Because, yeah. So... And the thing is, is if you Google the Canic Chase murders, black eyed kid stuff comes up. So it's obviously it like does. a huge thing. Legend. Yeah. So here is a story. So it had been a slow trick or treat night in our neighborhood that evening, which is pretty odd in itself. This is someone they wrote this on Reddit, by the way, in the no sleep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thread. We usually have kids from different areas dropped off in our neighborhood and have a constant parade at our door. That night, I'd say we had no more than eight or ten groups of kids come by the entire night. It was about 9.30 p.m., and my husband and I were sitting in our family room watching some of those ghost shows based on supposedly actual events. Like I said, I don't believe in all that stuff, but I do like a good ghost story now and then, and it was Halloween and all. We hadn't had any activity at the door in over half an hour, and it was getting late. So we decided to turn the porch light off and let our dog Chloe out of her crate. Chloe is an American bulldog and is very docile. 
We only put her in her crate because we were afraid she'd try and get out to play with all the kids, and I didn't want to have to chase her down the street. <laughs> Understood. That mm-hmm. makes sense. Because <laughs> dogs like to sneak on out. Sneak. So also, we didn't want her to scare any of the kids because she does sort of look intimidating to younger kids sometimes. So I turned down, so we turned the outside light off, let Chloe out, and she followed me back to the couch and lay at my feet. It was getting close to 10 p.m. when my husband decided he'd had enough fun and was going to go upstairs, take a shower, and get ready for bed. After all, it was Thursday night, and he still had to get up early the next day. My teenage son was out with his friends at a local haunted house and wasn't expected back for another hour or so, so that left me alone on the couch with Chloe. Now, just because I don't believe doesn't mean that these shows don't freak me out a bit. And being alone, now watching, I'd say I'd have to say, I'd say that I was kind of on edge, as it were. It wasn't long after I heard the upstairs water for the shower turn on when there came a light knock at the front door. My initial reaction was, what the hell, really? It's almost 10, go home. But soon, an uneasy feeling came over me. Why the knock? Our doorbell glows, and in the dark, without the porch light, it would be extra obvious to anyone there. Uh, because they could... Sorry. Um... Like she couldn't ignore it because our front door had a big beveled glass panel and anybody right at the door could see in enough that they could know someone was in the family room watching TV. So basically, anyone at the door could see inside, sort of, and know someone was, like, Awake, <laughs> not yeah. answering the door. Yeah. <laughs> it would be pretty rude of me to just sit there and not answer it. Whoever it was knocked <laughs> again. Politeness. I know, for real. Whoever it was knocked again. I glanced down at Chloe, and she was gone. My gaze followed her usual path to the front door, expecting her to be on her way there, as she normally does, you know, because dogs will go to the front door. door, yeah. But she wasn't there. I stood up to look around the room better and found her, crouching by the back door like she was wanting out. However, she never asks to go out like that. She always comes and licks my hand or puts her head on my knee. Aww. I know. How cute is that? This was totally out of character for her, and I have to say, it heightened my anxiety. Chloe, crate, I said. She just turned back to me like, hell no, lady. I ain't moving. <laughs> I yelled up to my husband, but if he was already in the shower, I knew there was no chance of him hearing me. Another knock came. Don't open the door. <laughs> About that time, a car drove down our street and cast just enough light on the door to where I could see the silhouettes of two small children through the glass. Ah. I instantly felt relief. It was just some kids, probably a couple of my neighbors on their way back home, that wanted to stop by and show me their costume or something. I headed to the door and looked back to make sure Chloe wasn't going to follow what a great watchdog, I thought to myself, as nope. she just sat there. Nope. I don't blame Chloe. Nope. <laughs> I turned on the porch light when I got to the door, and sure enough, I could see through the glass that it was a couple of pretty small kids. Nope. Don't open the door. A little late for such a young... Ooh, oh! That my was foot. my foot! I'm so my paranoid. God, y'all. I'm so paranoid. Okay. Anda, let's... I don't want to hear this anymore. <laughs> okay, They're going to disappear. They're just ghosts. They're not ghosts, though, as you'll soon, under- soon understand. Uh, a little late for such young ones, I thought, and began to wonder what kind of parents will let their kids run the streets that late at night. Nobody. I only opened the door enough to where I could block Chloe's escape if she decided to grow some balls, which was only about two feet. Well, you chopped them off, you dick. Of the girl dog. 
Because who doesn't know? have balls? I know. I retracted my statement. <laughs> <laughs> what struck me immediately as odd was the kids weren't wearing any costumes. They were in normal street clothes. Although, also, no customary trick-or-treat either. I began to feel very uneasy again. It was a girl and a boy. The girl to my left was older. I'd say about 11 or 12. I could tell she was blonde, but I couldn't make out any distinct features as our lights are from high above and on columns at the front of the porch. So most of the light was coming from behind them. Creepy. (laughs) So creepy. I had not opened the door wide enough for any light from inside to hit them directly. The boy was younger and about a foot shorter. I'd say eight or nine and looked to have light brown hair. The girl very politely spoke up. Ma'am, can we please come inside and use your phone to call our mom? You are letting them into your house? As she spoke, something in the pit of my stomach was telling me something was wrong. What kid, even at that age, doesn't have a cell phone these days? I couldn't remember the last time I'd had anybody ask to use my home phone. Hun, don't you have a phone of your own you can call your mom on, I asked. This was when things got really weird. Both kids turned to one another to look at one another like they were going to say something, but neither ever spoke. They both turned back to me, and the girl said, Ma'am, my cell phone battery doesn't have any charge left in it. Can we please come inside and call our mother? No. We're alone out here, and my brother is scared. I have to admit, there were two competing feelings going on inside me. The first, that of a mother's heart that wanted to help these two small children get to their mom. The other, a sinking fear in my gut that was keeping the other feeling at bay. It was then I noticed that during the short conversation, I'd already opened the door an extra few inches, which I was completely unaware of doing. I stopped. Honey, why don't you give me your mother's number and I can call her myself? Another pause, and they again looked at one another. After a short moment, they turned back to me and the girl said, Ma'am, my little brother has to use your bathroom. Can we please come inside? So Are they I demons? <laughs> call her mom. And with that last statement, the little girl moved closer toward the door (gasps) like she was going to just walk on in by me. And as she did, she stepped into the light coming from inside the house and I got my first real look at her. Solid jet black eyes. That's all I could see. No. I could feel every hair on my arms and back of my neck standing at attention. No. No. I closed the door to where just my face was able to stick out. No. The little girl stopped and again pleaded, please, ma'am, we're really scared and alone out here. We have to come inside. Please help us. So I can devour your soul. No. (laughs) Then, on cue, both kids began to whimper and cry. No. That's when the fear took over and I shut and locked the door. I'll call your mom if you give me the number, I shouted through the door, but I'm not letting you in my house. I could still see them standing there on the porch, just staring at me through the beveled glass pane. Oh, God. Part of me wanted to run upstairs to my husband, but the bigger part didn't want to lose track of where they were. That would have freaked me out even more to not know where they were. Yeah. After what seemed like forever, but probably only a few seconds, I decided I'd call my neighbor that lives across the street. As I made my way to the side table by our couch to my phone, I glanced at the back door. Chloe was nowhere to be found. (laughs) We later found her in the guest room under the bed. Oh, my God. When I got to my phone and started to look for his contact info, it was only then that the kids stepped away from the door and began to walk down the street. As they did, I walked to the door to get a better look to see where they went, still not calling my neighbor. If you get close enough to the glass, you can see out enough to make out people's shapes. That's what beveled glasses yeah are. yeah yeah but you can you can't see much detail yeah of course standing that close to the door would make you pretty obvious to anyone outside looking in yeah. from the door i could see the kids were still standing under the street lamp near my house 
staring at me. Yep, creepy. As I lifted the phone to my ear after calling, only then did the kids start walking down our street. I met my neighbor out under the lamp once we got out there, but the kids were nowhere to be seen. So that's the end of that story. So that gives you kind of an example. These are what most of the interactions with black-eyed kids are like. Um, so back to the Canic Chase murders. <laughs> Basically, people in the area believe that the girls who are murdered now manifest as black-eyed kids. Aficionados of the paranormal reported sightings of the black-eyed girls in the 1980s. But for many years after that, the ghosts seemed to abandon Canic Chase. Then, not long after Moores died, ghost hunters said the spirits had reappeared. Some people insist that they have captured images of the apparitions on film. In 2015, one man told the Midlands Express and Star that an evil spirit child chased him through a rock and yelled, We're watching. Creepy. That's it. Why did you have to make this creepy? <sighs> because I can't. Okay. Presents. Who wants to open presents? Um, you want to open That's yours so because yeah. yours is in a box and you know what it is and it's literally right there. Well, I'm not going to open it. Yeah. Then because not only do I know what it is, but I know what type it is because I picked it out myself. <laughs> she did? Monica sent me. Remember we like debated what color? And oh, yeah. Monica sent me. It's super cool. Pictures. I want to see it. Well, I'll, I'm going to unbox photo. it. Yeah, can you show, show No, me? unbox it now. No. Oh, She's yeah, showing yeah, me yeah. on your phone. So, um... Months ago, actually, the day that we decided we were going to start this podcast, we were like at Barnes and Noble, and they sell vinyls and stuff. And Monica and Isabel were like, "Let's get Emily a a record player for Christmas." So that's what I got. (laughs) It's like wood and oh, that's cute. I like the clear top. It's really cute. I inspires me for future presents of yours too. Yes, I like literally asked for specific records. Oh, good. Like, I made a list on Amazon. That's awesome. <laughs> so good. for, like, family members yeah. to pick off of. Yeah, that's awesome. Because yeah. me and Wolf have a vinyl record. Um, well, it's his, his mom's. And so we bought, we also receive vinyls mm-hmm. for, like, presents. Like, my mom bought me the Queen one after she Aww. watched Bohemian Rhapsody. Stop. I love it. Stop me now. And that's why Don't I've been stop me singing now. Killer Queen a, a lot, too. Um, and then, this is not, I'm not having a ball, but it's okay. Uh, so yeah, that's what I got. I'm not going to yeah. open it. I already know what it is. Um, Wolf, do you want to open your gift that Monica I and I got you? I didn't realize that was, that, that was the gift. I mean. And I, like, looked at it. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. You want to. Very excited. I'm going to mic you. That's so. what Monica and I got you. Oh, I'll just oh, tell Because okay. it's easier. Wolf, check in the mic sounds for him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I wasn't even expecting anything, so just even this box is really nice. <laughs> <laughs> I can barely hear you and I'm next to you. There's two things in oh there. Oh my goodness. There's two things. She knows. I oh, you knew about this? She, I asked her. This is fucking amazing. Yeah. Who do you think told them? What you like? I realized after we decided, we essentially bought them dates. Aww. Thank you so much, guys. You're welcome. This is amazing. It was really hard because there were so many different gift card like pictures, but that was the first one that came up, and I was like, I fucking love that. Tell them what you got, babe. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I should probably (laughs) describe it. I got 
Alamo Draft House gift card for fifty bucks. So this is a movie theater. I think they're all over. I think they're all over Texas. It's all over Texas. Draft House is all over Texas. Yeah. Yeah. There's like I know there's one in Austin for sure. That's where they. That's where they started. Austin. Yeah. With the name. They do everything right. They do. They like they do. Yeah. Perfect. So you can eat while you. Everything's great. Yeah, it's kind of like a studio movie girl, but I would say high end. Well, better movie girl is. Not good. Yeah. Well, I'd say that this is really <laughs> better, a lot better, because a lot of their previews go with the movie. So, like, the one for Robin Hood, like, they have their own previews. So, like, the one for Robin Hood, we got to see, like, all the old Robin Hood movies that were out, and then oh, they, like, preview neat. that. And so, like, in For Crazy Rich Asians, they highlighted um, different Asian his, like people who made really big strides in the industry. That's so cool. Uh, yeah, so it's like um, she's hosting the Golden Globes. I know the first time any Asian has say, ever done it. Merry Christmas! Thank you for all your hard work, Thank love, you so Monica. Much. And of Emily. course. And it's it like came with that snack lease. pass for free. Oh, really? Is that cool? Because we bought that Because it was like, it's for the person buying it. And I was like, I don't go there. Yeah. So you can have it too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like with Monica's gift, I got a free thing out of it, but I'm using that oh. one. Oh, so. I'm intrigued. Okay. Do, do you, you want to? Do you want to open yours? Ma- Isabel's is a big one, so we can save that one for last. Why? Why did you guys buy me, dear? <laughs> we didn't tell. A uh, dear. A uh, dear. No, we did not tell her. I'm intrigued. I picked out the. Yeah, the, I like the. You'll see when it box. when she opens it. Did, I need to pay you back. Yeah, just do that whenever. <laughs> it, Monica. I brainstormed for so long about what to get you, yeah. and then this ended up being the perfect Y'all thing. Y'all honestly should have gotten me anything, but I'm excited. You're gonna cry. Anyway. You're gonna we cry. always get. I know. This, this is, is what really we do pretty. every year. You know. Look, look at that. Oh. <gasps> yeah. Open it. That's so exciting. I don't know how to. It like should it come should out. Come out. Yeah. There you go. You got job. me book of the month. Yeah. You love it because I choose it. Oh, I've been. Oh my god. Do you know what it is? Yeah. And Isabel, the dumb website wouldn't let me add her name. <laughs> because it was on my account. This so is so exciting. So I get like free six books. So the way it works, they are free for you. Yeah. So the way it works yeah. is you you just go on the website and like um, put this information in. Mm-hmm. And like you can do it whenever you, you can do it for this month or you can start in January. Whenever. Yeah, whatever you want. Um, but I'll be... check the books first. So then that well, way. Well, the cool thing about it is if you don't want any of the books for that month, you can skip that month. Oh, okay. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. So like other subscriptions. Yeah. This and... is so cool. Y'all have no idea how excited I am. I, I I'm glad both it. of you <laughs> like your gifts and as well excited. as your, your ASMR. <laughs> your um, prints. Prince. I yeah. love them. They're great. It's very cute. Thank you both. That's really sweet and very telling of me. I I think you'll. I love it. So I use it. I got a free book out of it. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. But I I haven't paid for it since the first month I got it, which was September, and I only paid five dollars. Like normally, if you want to do it, it's ten dollars a month for a How book. How have you paid? Have not paid for it. So. Um, the second month, I got a free credit because I used um, Karen and Georgia for My Favorite Murders. Oh. They had a code for it one month, and you got a free book. And then for December... Um, Did you give me a free one yeah. because of me? Well, I got a free one because of you, and then they the website, like Book of the Month, gave everyone a free book. <gasps> oh, that's awesome. So I got two. 
Oh! <laughs> so you're set. set. Dude, I have so many fucking books I need to stop, but yeah. That's and awesome. I, I skipped, that is super I skipped awesome. one month. That's why I didn't have anything for one month. So. Okay. Because I was like, none of these sound interesting to me. So, so I'm going to move on. <laughs> so is it like a carefully crafted selection? So it's five books every month. And yes, they're like, sometimes they're debut authors. Sometimes they're like well-known authors. Um, and they're like different genres. There's usually like a thriller. There's usually a nonfiction. There's usually... Um, like a romance. Like, this is so exciting. So yeah, you're going to like it. I'm very excited. I'll let you know once I... I might... I wonder how fast the books come because I'm about to go out to a beach vacay. They come pretty fast. Like the day that <laughs> so you... So do you. Well, you have, yeah. to, you have to pick towards Dumb the beginning joke. of the month. Just reject me. They'll send you an email basically <laughs> like reminding you, time to pick your book. <laughs> like we have new books out. You're still laughing (laughs) (laughs) about your dumb joke. Leave me alone. (laughs) Anyway. So, okay. Yeah. I'm excited. I'll send you pictures of it. Yes. Always. I'll I'll probably continue. And we'll be picking from the same one. So I'll be interested which one you pick versus which one I pick. I will not be partaking this, but. You don't read as much as we do. I don't have time to read as much as you guys do anymore. I feel you. It's okay. (laughs) I don't either. All those books I have. They're unread. Like, so unread. Like piles. Same. 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 No. I've started using my clothing drawers as book shelves. I That's why I can't buy more books because I book just have shelves? too many. So I have them like a normal bookshelf. They're standing vertical. And then in front of them, they're laying mm-hmm. horizontal. Yeah. yeah. No. I need to buy and buy more bookshelves. Okay. Oh, I thought you were going to say buy more books. <laughs> it's like I know. I same. I've been holding back. Me too. All right. Ready, Momo? All right, your um, turn. My glasses are so dirty, so I hope I'm gonna try and enlarge it so that I can. That read should help. My glasses. Yeah. <laughs> Why are your glasses dirty? I um, usually have a cloth. They get dirty. Me. Okay, I'm super excited about this one. Yay! It's- I know because you were like, we have to do the 1960s or else. <laughs> I know. I was like really adamant about it. <laughs> so- I'm sorry, but it, it, it's I'm, okay. I'm, I'm very excited. It's okay. So this is the Altamont Speedway Free Festival. What? No clue. Right. Nothing. Cool. So it was a music festival. Ooh. Um, December sixth, nineteen sixty-nine, which it was forty-eight years ago, and the genre of the music was rock folk, including blues rock, folk rock, jazz, fusion. Sounds Latin similar rock, to Woodstock. Country rock uh-huh. and psychedelic rock styles. Monica's yeah. nodding. So, so she's it was founded to be like another oh, Woodstock. Sure. It, it was the year after, after mm-hmm. trying to be Woodstock again, and oh. went, horrible oh i am most of them did yeah (laughs) i'm so it was in the altamont speedway in california and where is that do you know like what city california that's all (laughs) thanks isabel's looking it up Uh, no cal oh i still Um, still want to know what city i'm interested the founders were jorma cal conan spencer dryden which were really big musicians Okay. Um, and the Grateful Dead. Oh, nice. And there were 300,000 people estimated to have attended. Wow. What is it called? Altamont. How do you spell it? Speedway Free Festival. Speed- California. Oh, Altamont. Literally, it's, that's what it's, it's <gasps> white. So it was a counterculture rock concert that was held in the 1969 um, on Saturday, December 6th. San Jose. It's, it's in between San Jose and oh, Sacra- San Sacramento. 
Yeah. Interesting. It's like in, inward. Fur. It's not yeah. near yeah. the coast. This event is best known for the considerable amount of violence, including the stabbing death of uh, Meredith Hunter and three accidental deaths. Oh my god. Yeah. It's like crazy. And two were caused by a hit and run accident and one was by a LSD induced drowning in an irrigation canal. Uh, oh. So many people were injured. So many cars were stolen and then abandoned. <laughs> and there was a crazy amount of property damage. Not to I mean, it's just. Let's look not. at what actual festivals are like today. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's that level. But no. People get hurt all but the this time. Is just yes. Almost. I mean, I know some people died, and that not to be make light of this, but it was almost comical levels of how badly. This well, right. Was. It sounds <laughs> like. Yeah. It. So the concert featured, in order of appearance, Santana. <gasps> he was at Woodstock. Yeah. Right? Um, right? I think so. Right? I don't know. Oh my god, now I'm questioning it. The I'll look it up. Jefferson Airplane. They were they were at Woodstock. I the love Flying Jefferson Burrito Airplane. Brothers. Stop it. They're my new and favorite Crosby. band. Sorry. <laughs> they're my new favorite band. Stills, Nash and Young with the Rolling Stones Ooh. as the final act. Yeah. The Grateful Dead were supposed to perform afterwards, but however, they declined to play shortly before their scheduled appearance because of the increased violence at the venue. They were like, uh, uh, uh fuck this. <laughs> and yes. Santana performed at Woodstock. Um, the quote was, that's the way things went at Altamont so badly that the Grateful Dead, the prime organizers and movers of the festival, didn't even get to play. Okay, listen. The Grateful Dead are used to, like, crazy shit. Yeah, yeah. so if they're saying. saying no, that means this is <laughs> bad. for <laughs> The dead. Okay, that was a bad Oh my one. god. <laughs> so the Rolling Stone covered that and that's where the quote was. Um and they said it was rock and roll's all time worst day. December sixth, a day where everything <laughs> went perfectly wrong. Oh my Whoa. god. The the like artistry of this writing. Wow. <laughs> so they were trying to call it Woodstock West. No. Which <laughs> Woodstock not. was held in Bethel, New York yeah. in mid-August, which I'm surprised because I always had it in my head that Woodstock was held in San nope. Francisco. Nope. In the Northeast. Um, and this is four months earlier. So they were trying to do the Woodstock of the West Coast. Cool. And did it terribly. The <laughs> filmmakers, Albert and David Mice. Is that an L or a T? <laughs> Sly's shot footage of the event incorporated into a 1970 documentary film called Gimme Shelter. So there's some photos about like the, of the riots and stuff. Interesting. Which I'll add once. I, it's fine. Adam. When cool. this episode airs. <laughs> yeah. That's um, all I ask. <laughs> so according to Jefferson Airplane Spencer Dryden, the idea for a kind of Woodstock West began when... Um, he and a bandmate, Jorma Kalkanen, discussed the staging of a free concert with the Grateful Dead and the Rolling Stones in Golden Gate Park. Referring to the Stones, Dryden said, next to the Beatles, they were the biggest rock and roll band in the world, and we wanted them to experience what we were experiencing in San Francisco. Wow. Makes cool. sense. I'm surprised, honestly, that... This didn't happen before, but whatever. Like I said. So, as plans were being finalized, Jeffer... Jefferson Airplane were on the road, and by early December, they were in Florida, believing that concert plans for the Golden Gate Park were proceeding. But by December 4th, the plans had broken down, and 
in Paul Cantor's account because the city and police were really unhelpful. And um, the conflict between the hippies of the Haight-Ashbury neighborhood, which was famous yep. for... Mm-hmm. That. Yeah. And at uh, that point, obstructiveness. The, hip- the hippies were going... And Zodiac? Well, no, no. I was... Well, yeah. <laughs> but I, I was... The hippie movement... Was starting. No, no. It, it was it ending was dead, at this ending. point. Oh. If, if not already dead. This yeah. um, is cited in historical, like, people that are historians As the focused on... To the hippie movement. Yeah. It's because... How did you know? Well, I just know this time, like, this time period. They just, said this single event killed it. And it oh. makes sense. Do you, you don't want to know why? Coming down from all those drugs. Yeah. Oh. It just makes you crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It, oh, you're, they're already crazy. How long have they been doing drugs? So yeah. long, you know. She cleaned your glasses. Hopefully, they're clean. This is perfect. <laughs> I have a headache now from going back and forth. So, um, they originally were going to use this uh, Sears Point Raceway. I don't know if you're familiar with that no. with your NASCAR knowledge. Mm-hmm. No. Um, but the owners wanted a hundred thousand dollars in escrow from the Rolling Stones. At the last moment, Dick Carter offered his Altamont Speedway in Alameda County for the festival. They took up on it. Nice. Jefferson Airplane flew out from Miami on the 5th, and um, Cantor said the location was taken in spite of desperation. There was no way to control it, no supervision, no order. And according to Grace Slick, the vibes were bad. The vibes were bad. (laughs) The vibes were bad. Something was very (laughs) peculiar. Not particularly bad, just peculiar. It was kind of hazy, (laughs) abrasive, and an unsure day. The vibes were really bad. I had expected the loving vibes of Woodstock, but it wasn't coming at me. It was a whole different thing. Oh, my God. So, during the Rolling Stones American Tour in 1969, many including journalists, felt that ticket prices were way too high. I thought it was going to be a free concert. Okay, that's fine. (laughs) To answer this criticism, the Rolling Stones decided to end their tour with this free concert in San Francisco. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I thought that was the point. The (laughs) concert was originally scheduled to be held in San Jose State University's practice field. That makes sense. Because there was a three-day outdoor free festival there with 52 bands and 80,000 attendees. Jesus. Wow. Earlier. Um, but. So, Dirt Cheap Productions was asked to help to secure the property for the Rolling Stones and the Grateful Dead to play a free concert. The Stones and the Dead were told. The Dead. <laughs> I the dead. The stones <laughs> and the dead. Like literal stones and literal dead. We're told that the city of uh, San Jose was not in the mood for... <laughs> I'm just We're not men. in the mood. Oh my God. The, the vibes are bad. <laughs> I, they, the vibes were right. <laughs> um, you gotta listen to those vibes. So they had that. San Jose was not in the mood for it. Then Golden Gate Park in San Francisco is next on the list. And... Um, they were, there was a Chicago Bears and San Francisco 49ers football game that was going to happen at Kezer Stadium, which was located in Golden Gate Park. So that made the venue impractical and permits were never issued for that. So then the next venue was the Sears Point Raceway, which we heard about the um, $100,000 mm-hmm. ask. Fee, the escrow. escrow escrow and then in escrow. addition to that they wanted a three hundred thousand dollar upfront my cash god deposit holy from the rolling stones and film distribution distrib- 
distribution rights. So the festival was moved again. So then lastly, they landed <laughs> on Altamont and they switched there two days before the concert. Whoa. Oh. Okay, so that by itself probably Wild. caused yeah. a lot of problems. Um, in preparations, how do you tell people that you've changed the venue that quickly? Like, I know a lot of people showed up. Well, because I'm thinking, like, today, if a venue were to change on the website, right? Emails, email, Twitter, word of mouth, I guess, radio, radio, yeah, well, definitely the radio, radio, nope, video, video, video killed the radio. Um, so the Grateful Dead manager, Rock Scully, and the concert organizer helicoptered over the site before making the selection. Selection. Much like Lang did. Uh, Michael Lang was the concert organizer. And that's what he did with Woodstock. Uh-huh. Because Woodstock was also moved at the last moment. Oh. Damn. Apparently. From Wallkill. Sorry. <laughs> New York to Bethel, New York. The hasty move resulted in numerous logistical problems. I bet. Including lack of facilities such as portable toilets and medical tents. Well. They also created problems for stage design. Instead of being on top of a rise, which uh, characterized the geography of Sears Point, the Altamont, at the Altamont, the stage would be now at the bottom of the slope. Oh. Oh. And the Rolling Stone stage manager on the 1969 tour, Chip Monk, explained the stage was one meter high, 39 inches for us. That's and at the not point, tall. It was at top of a hill. So the audience was back upon them because of the short notice and the change of location. The stage couldn't be changed. We were working with scaffolding and we were working with an older fashion with parallels, but you could probably put another stage below it. But no one had one. So because the stage was so low, um, <laughs> This is so funny. They hired members of Hell's Angels. Holy they, shit. They hired Hell's what? Angels to lead security. <laughs> Amazing. So, um, That's, the Oakland No wonder people got yeah, in I was fucking say, fights. Yeah, <laughs> fights, violence, not surprised. Right. Okay, so um, the Oakland chapter of the Hell's Angels Motorcycle Club, if any of y'all don't know about that, they're, they're tough. They were asked to surround the stage to provide security. Cool. So, the management of the Rolling Stones, on the recommendation of the Grateful Dead and Jefferson Airplane, who both of them had used the Angels previously previously for security without any incidents, hired them. Cool. That was a lot. For $500 worth of beer. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Amazing. Funny. They fucked with those vibes. Yeah, they they fucks heavy. Okay, so the story um, was just denied by some parties, but I choose to believe in it. I like it. It seems on point. It does. The According to the manager of the Rolling Stones tour, they have so many different types of managers. The road manager of their 1969 U.S. tour, specifically, Sam Cutler, said the only agreement there ever was dot dot dot. The angels would make sure no one tampered with the generators. And that was the extent of it. There what? was no way they're going to be the police force or anything like that. That's all bollocks. 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 The deal was made at a meeting including Cutler, the Grateful Dead manager, Rock Scully, Pete Neal, who's a member of member. A, a member of mm-hmm. Hell's Angels San Francisco 
chapter. Wait, but that's not the chapter that they're using. They're using the Oakland chapter. They're probably using both. Oh. They're both in According to the arrangement, it was just the $500 beer cost. But the person that paid for it was me. This is Cutler. And I never got it back to this day. (laughs) No. Salty. Well, why? We'll get into it. their service. So the Hell's Angel member, Bill Sweet William Frisch, 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 recalled this exchange. Frisch. There's an S in there. Oh. Frisch? I don't know. Recalled this exchange (laughs) that he had with Cutler at a meeting prior to the concert in which Cutler had asked them to provide security. We don't police things. We're not a security force. No. We go to concerts to enjoy ourselves and have fun. You know, I'm just here to have a good time. Yes. Again, they fucked with the vibes. Yeah. And, uh, oh, shit. The quote wasn't done. Well, what what about helping people out? You know, like giving directions and things? Sure. We can do that. (laughs) Oh, my God. When Cutler asked how they would like to be paid, William replied, we like beer. I don't know why Wikipedia was like really hitting it on the head. Of, like, <laughs> they were paid in beer. <laughs> but in the documentary, Give Me Shelter, the one that was recorded, Sunny Bar, obviously, because it, okay, whatever. Sunny Barger states that the Hell's Angels were not interested in policing the event and that the organizers told them that they would um, be required to do a little more than sit on the edge, drink beer, and make sure that there weren't any murders or rapes occurring. <laughs> In, ni- in 2009, years later, um, Cutler explained his decision to use the angels. I was talking with them because I was interested in the security of my band, everyone's security for that matter, and the country of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. They were only people who were strong and together. They had to protect the stage because it was descending into absolute chaos, and who was going to stop it? Okay. Okay. So much warning. <laughs> Grateful Dead manager Rock Scully said that if the angels hadn't been on stage, the whole crowd could have easily passed out, rolled down onto the stage. There was no barrier. Wow. Crazy. Crazy. Okay. So a radio broadcaster, um, Stefan Ponick, hosted... A four-day, day-after, post-concert telephone call-in forum. Oh, my gosh. Um, and he said, what we learned in the broadcast is pretty much startling. These guys, the angels, had been hired and paid with $500 a beer on a truck with ice to essentially bring in the stones and keep people off the stage. That was the understanding. That was the deal. And it seemed like there was not a lot of disagreement over that. And that seemed to emerge as a fact because it was rather apparent that the Stones did not know what kind of people they were dealing with. Clearly. Yeah. A Hell's Angel member who identified himself as Pete from the Hell's Angels, (laughs) San Francisco. I don't know why that was so funny. I was expecting like... Big Mike, or, or like some <laughs> dragon, Pete. Yeah, <laughs> Peter. <laughs> so Pete from the Hell's Angels, San Francisco, and he's most likely Pete Neal, the president of the chapter. Which I love uh-huh. that they have presidents. Uh-huh. That's how motorcycle clubs are. Oh, makes sense. Okay, and they watch Sons of Anarchy again. <laughs> Wikipedia. They offered us five hundred dollars a beer. Oh my God. <laughs> we get it. <laughs> Uh, to go there 
take care of the stage. We took this $500 a beer. Of course. Again. We get it. No, it's so funny. (laughs) Sunny Barger, who also called into the forum, states, we were told by one of the other Hell Angels clubs, if we showed up down there and sat on the stage and drank some beer that the Stones manager or someone, that, like, that's all we had to do. Again... Barger mentions the beer deal. I'm not going to. I'm telling you. It's like literally, it's just like we were there just to drink beer. Cool. (laughs) So, a woman who called into the program (laughs) revealed that she had seen at least five fist fights from her vantage point. Beautiful. Like, turning around. It just sounds like a a fucking. The purge. No, it sounds like a normal. Music festival. Yeah. Much worse. I mean, I, I know so it bad. was worse, but there are fights all the time at music festivals. So. Um, so she saw five fist fights from her vantage point, and the angels were involved in all of them. And she described oh my God. a general uncaring attitude towards the people who clearly needed help. A girl was dragged across the stage by <gasps> her hair. What? Another who was on a bad acid trip and oh. bystanders kicked and walked on her. <gasps> oh. She said she felt having the angels as security was an irresponsible move because we were all in terror of them. Okay, listen. Look, I don't necessarily <laughs> I don't necessarily disagree. Like they obviously weren't great security, but that wasn't their fault. Yeah, yeah no, if they were hired to LSD, do it. Man. Well, also like five hundred dollars a beer. Well, I don't know if also, I made like, that clear. Get either get either real security or fucking cops. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like there's there's options for you, and like there are going to be people who are going to stop people from being dragged across the stage, and then there's going to be the Hell's Angels who were hired with beer. So when she tried to speak about this at the concert, she was warned to be quiet by the people around there because they were afraid to get beaten too. At this Makes point. Sense. I wouldn't um, be talking either. The radio broadcaster mentioned the bystander effect and then the kitty, the murder of Kitty Genovese. I'm telling you. That's her name. How do you know? What do you mean, how do I know? She's on my list. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Emmett Grogan, the founder of a radical community action group called The Diggers, was an intimately involved in the organization of the event. Um, especially more so with the two previously earlier planned venues. Mm-hmm. And again, it, he confirmed the five hundred dollars. Oh my god! I got it. Okay, they're a frat. They want five hundred. Chill, 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 <laughs> chill with the beer, guys. Cool, 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 cool. So, um, they were saying Pete. <laughs> told the host that the angels were hired by Cutler because of some rowdy, anxious onstage incidents that happened um, in the Stones, Oakland, and Miami concerts a couple of weeks earlier. And um, Pete just said, we ain't into that security. <laughs> but they agreed because of the Thanks, beer offer. Pete. And he claimed that other <laughs> For than... For that clarification. Be- they said all they had to do was just keep people off the stage. And if they didn't do it. They sucked <laughs> at it, and they did. They made a lot of fights. Okay. Wait, who was dragging the chick across the stage? Like other people? Just hippies. <sighs> Just hippies. Who dies? Are we hippies. gonna get to that? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, we're gonna get there. There's like a section called the situation deteriorates. So, <laughs> so political scientist and cultural critic James Miller believes that um since <laughs> the Hells Angels were invited to um, this outdoor event called Acid Test. The hippies viewed the bikers unrealistically, idealizing them as noble savages and thus outlaw brothers of the counterculture. <laughs> wait, wait, so basically, they saw like they had seen them friends. at another event, and they were like, "They're just our outlaw counterculture yeah. brothers of." And so dark now. At acid, whatever acid test. I thought you said that. acid fest. Uh, That's why I'm laughing so hard. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, no. It might, no, might as well have been, have been acid yeah. fest. <laughs> might as well. I mean, that's what this one was called, though. I'm kidding. Uh, no. That was a joke. Y'all were supposed to laugh. <laughs> so, um, they said that... Oh, Christ. Um, the Rolling Stones... They said Christ? No. I dropped my phone. I know. Oh. I'm making fun of you. Ah, Buddhism. Ah. The... What? I was just trying to think of a different religion. Oh. <laughs> okay. Help me. <laughs> the, so basically that they were saying that the Rolling Stones manager might have been confused because there is a non-outlaw group of American biker gear also described, self-described. They're British and they call themselves the Hells Angels, but they're not outlaws, and they just well, listen, really like that's biking. an easy mistake oh. to make. And they did this earlier in um, provided. Okay, so they think that the manager of the Rolling Stones might have been misled because they had a wonderful experience with the British contingent of what they described themselves as the Hell Angels, but they were uh, a non-outlaw group of admirers of the American biker gear group. Sorry, American biker gear and American bike culture, who this group had provided nonviolent security at a free Rolling Stones concert back in Hyde Park a little bit earlier in that year. Sorry, Hyde Park, London. Yes, yes. we know where Hyde <laughs> Park is. Um, Cutler denies ever having any illusions about the true nation, true nature of the California Hell Angels. Why won't if he is wrong? Why won't you just tell us like? Yeah, I thought there were these cool, pe- cool people, from, like the British Hell Angels, and not the. Well, no one wants to admit that they fucked up. Not with what happened. Especially like how famous the Hell Angels are. <laughs> I don't keep know. calling them the Hell Angels. Hell's Angels. Hell's. Hell Angels. Hell Angels. <laughs> I'm. This is just like a what the fuck story. It so, is. situation it is. deteriorates. The Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. If it hadn't already, though, come on. The first act on the stage, Santana, gave a performance that generally went smoothly. Good. It's because everyone was in their happy place during yeah. the trip. Or starting with the drugs. Or starting the drugs. They were yeah. on their shrooms. They were having a good, good time. However. Yeah, however. Over the course of the day, the mood of the crowd... And the angels became progressively agitated no shit. and violent. Everyone was getting drunk and high. And they weren't supposed to be getting drunk and high either, but... Angels... The angels were supposed to... I guess they, they had were drinking. Beer, they were drinking. They had their $500 worth of beer. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, really? They did? The angels had been drinking their free beer that? all day in front of the stage and were mostly very drunk. Oh. The crowd had been become 
antagonistic and unpredictable of just attacking each other. Which happens about right. Whatever. Yeah. The angels and the performers. So they're attacking each other, the angels, and the performers. No. Oh, gosh. A Mick Jagger biographer, um, Anthony Scaduto, in Mick Jagger's Everybody's Lucifer, wrote that the only time the crowd seemed to calm down to any degree was during a set of the country rock and flying burrito brothers oh my god <laughs> my new favorite band too funny <laughs> i want a burrito <laughs> by the time that the rolling stones took stage in the early evening the mood has decidedly turned ugly as numerous fights erupted between the angels and the crowd members and within the crowd itself within the crowd angels yep. versus, yeah mm-hmm. denise jukes the lead singer of the San Francisco rock band called Ace of Cups was six months pregnant and she was hit in the head <gasps> by an empty beer bottle and suffer- thrown from the crowd and suffered a <gasps> skull fracture. Oh my Jesus God. Christ. The, the Stones later paid all of her ambulance and medical Good. services. Thank God. The angels proceeded to arm themselves with sawed off <gasps> pole cues. Oh, I thought you were going to say shotguns, and I was about to be like, holy fuck. Who just casually has this? No, sawed off pool cues. Also, who just casually has pool cues? Yeah. I don't know. And motorcycle chains to drive the crowd further back. Oh! I'm just imagining them, like, fighting lions. (laughs) And after the crowd, perhaps accidentally, toppled one of the angels' motorcycles. Uh... And the angels Here became even more go. aggressive, including towards the performers. Uh-oh. Yeah, they were just belligerent drunks, so. Marty Ballin of Jefferson Airplane jumped off the stage to try and sort out the problem, only to be punched in the head and then knocked unconscious no. by oh, an angel during the band set. Oh. Jesus fucking Christ. The band kept playing. <laughs> what are you supposed to do? Stop. <laughs> Guitarist too. Call the concert. Stop. We're gonna go now. Uh, we have to take him to the hospital. How do you get off the stage? You say, Behind "All right, it? we're gonna no, wrap no, no. up tonight." Oh, how do you get off the stage? The Hell's Angels are the ones that are supposed to be your security to get off the stage. Because the way that they described it, it's like yeah. down a hill, and they're yeah. Look, turn around. <laughs> There's something in the sky. Oh my god, it's <laughs> like a, a monster turn of hip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's granola! Oh, I don't know what hickeys Kale! Are. Free marijuana! <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Zodiac! Uh, I don't know. <laughs> then they rush the stage to get away. <laughs> Our special guest is the Zodiac! Have fun, bud. Okay, so, um... Oh my god. The so when the Jefferson airplane guitarist sarcastically thanked the angels for knocking the singer out. Oh god. Oh my god. Uh, Angel Bill Fresh took hold of the m- microphone and argued with him. Oh great. Took over Thanks. the microphone. He got up on stage and was like, "Fuck you." <laughs> Thanks, man. Like, what the fuck are we supposed to do now? He's our singer, man. <laughs> I can't fuck with these vibes. <laughs> so the Grateful Dead okay, had been scheduled to play between Crosby, Stills, Nash and & Young, and then the Rolling Stones. But after hearing about the Balin incident, 
from the Santana drummer. They refused to play and left the venue. Go! Yeah. Which, quickly citing the um, quickly degenerating security situation. Cool. The Rolling Stones waited until sundown to perform, because that's a good idea. <laughs> Stanley Booth stated that the bit, part of the reason for the delay was that Bill Wyman, I almost said Hyman, had missed the helicopter ride to the venue. When the Stones set began, wait, when the Stones began their set, a tightly packed group of 4,000 to 5,000 people were jammed to the very edge of the stage. Many of them were trying to climb on top of them. Obviously. Holy shit. <laughs> I would have just been like, I'm done. Like, I'm, I'm going to walk off this stage and we're done. Pack up. Can you walk off stage? Yeah, we're going back for that again. <laughs> and at that <laughs> point, do do? at that point, they you would play to keep them happy. Yeah. <laughs> the Rolling Stones lead singer... Mick Jagger. Yeah. Had already. Well, oh, so what's his face was already gone. They had another lead singer before what? that. Oh. Uh, what? They had another. Le- Brian Jones used to be a part of the Rolling Stones. And so then... this is Mick Jagger. Yeah. Yeah, okay. okay. I'm just telling you, Brian Jones died. He drowned in oh. his pool at oh. age 27. Oh, my God. Part of the 27 Club. Having... Anyway. Oh, my God. Is he really? He was the first. Oh, Jesus. Anyway, <laughs> back to your story. <laughs> so Mick Jagger was Probably punched in the dollars. head by a concert goer um, within minutes, or, sorry, seconds of coming out of the helicopter. And he was like super intimidated by the unruly situation. Get back in the helicopter. Urged everyone to just cool down in the front there. Yeah. Don't push around. Just calm down. Just calm down. And during yeah. for the third song, Sympathy for the Devil, the, a fight erupted in the front of the crowd at the foot of the stage, prompting the Stones to pause their set while the Angels restored order. Restored. Thank you. Quote, <laughs> <unquote>. <laughs> After a lengthy pause and another appeal for calm, the band restarted the song and continued their set with less incident until the start of Under My Thumb. Some of Hell's Angels got into a scuffle with Meredith Hunter, age 18, when he attempted to get on... Oh. So, Meredith is a dude. I totally thought she was a girl. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> when he attempted to get on stage with other fans, one of the Hell's Angels grabbed Hunter's head, punched him, and chased him back into the crowd. Oh, oh my god. god. After a minute's pause... Hunter returned from the stage, where, according to Gimme Shelter producer, Hunter's girlfriend, Patty Breedhoff, found him and tearfully begged him to calm down and move further back into the crowd with her. He was also reportedly enraged, irrational, and so high he could barely walk. Oh, gosh. Rock Scully, who could see the audience clearly from the top of, the tr- of a truck by the stage, said, I saw what he was looking at, and he was crazy. He was on drugs, and he had that murderous intent. There was no doubt in my mind that he intended to do terrible harm to Mick or somebody in the Rolling Stones or somebody on that stage. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. See. Following the initial scuffle with the angels as he tried to climb on stage, Hunter, as seen in concert footage, wearing a bright lime green suit, (laughs) returned to the front of the crowd and drew a long, barreled, 22 caliber revolver <gasps> from the inside of his jacket. Also, it's like 22 caliber day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, the Hell's Angel. Yeah, I didn't. Alan Passaro, Passaro, 
Seeing Hunter draw the revolver, drew a knife from his belt, charged Hunter from the side, parrying Hunter's pistol with his left hand and stabbing him twice with the right hand and killing him. Oh! oh. This footage was shot oh, by no. Eric Sarian, who's on stage taking pictures of the crowd. Oh my god. And Baird Bryant, who climbed on top of a bus. Sarian said he was unaware of catching a killing on film. This was discovered more than a week later when raw footage was screened in the New York offices of the Males Brothers. In the film sequence, lasting two seconds, two meter, six, like a six foot opening, and the crowd appears leaving bread, bread hoffed in the center. Hunter enters the front from the left. His hand raises toward the stage in the silhouette of the revolvers, clearly seen against Breedhoff's light-colored dress. Are you looking for the footage? Um, Passaro is entering from the right, delivering two stabs with a knife as he parries Hunter's revolver and pushes him off-screen, opening... Then the opening closes around Breedhoff. Passaro was reported to have stabbed Hunter five times in the upper back, although only two stabs were visible in the footage. Witnesses reported that Hunter was stomped on by several Hell's <gasps> Angels while he was on the ground. Oh the gun God. was recovered and turned over to the police. Hunter's autopsy confirmed that he was high on meth when he died. Oh, Passero was arrested and tried for murder in the summer of 1971, but was acquitted after a jury viewed concert footage, showing that Hunter was brandishing a revolver and concluded that Passaro acted in self-defense. I mean, I don't know. That's a hard one. The Rolling Stones were aware of the skirmish, but not the stabbing. Mm. You couldn't see anything. It was just another scuffle. Jagger tells no, David... Um, so they were aware of it, but they just thought it was like another fight. And you couldn't see anything. It was just... Wait. Um, it soon became apparent that they could see something that happened because the band stopped playing the song mid-song. And Jagger was heard calling into his microphone you got someone really hurt here is there a doctor oh my god and oh after my god. a few minutes the band began playing again oh i mean it's not jagger, like jagger knows right jagger told they just thought it was a fight yeah, and that's yeah. i mean you can't see may sells uh that they all agreed that if they abandoned the show at that point the crowd would have become even more unruly perhaps degenerating into a full-scale riot yeah, yeah. at least the grateful dead that. were like bye yeah thank god <laughs> point, thank god so. grateful dead you're just like <sighs> peace out so in 2003 the alameda county sheriff's office initiated a two-year investigation into the possibility of a second hell's angel taking a part in the stabbing oh shit finding insufficient evidence to support the hypothesis reaffirming that Passero acted alone in self-defense the case was closed officially for good in May 2005 wow wow Done. wow nuts right yeah wow. and so this is officially by like historians the end of the hippie movement well killed you, it you need to open the other thing before you open um, that one okay are they connected Mom. In kind of an obvious way. But if she opened the other one, it would give it away. And I need her to open this Candy. one first. What? No. There's going to be glitter on my floor. Sowie. Where would glitter? Oh, no. Oh, yeah, babe. Which is beautiful. My mom. Oh, where do I open the... Okay, this is what I was looking for. I just realized that I, like, badly want you to be in a court. Because <gasps> last time I told you to be in a court. Ah! 
think I remember you guys talking about Gabriel. Oh, okay. <laughs> she got a s'mores maker. If you didn't hear that, I got a s'mores maker. If you can't hear certain sounds only that dogs can hear. She's so cute. She's just hugging <laughs> it. Isabel love loves s'mores. s'mores. So the bag, the other bag is full of s'mores, s'mores ingredients. <laughs> Candy. S'mores. Shaking it. I was holding it up like, you know, the little girl in um, Inspicable Me, Despicable Me. Despicable Me uh-huh. with her unicorn. Mm-hmm. It's a puppy! Except it's so s'mores. Okay. Wow. I'm... So are we having s'mores next time? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We can have s'mores every time now because I have a s'mores maker. Graham crackers and chocolate and more marshmallows. So the chocolate, look, open it, like get the chocolate out so you can see it. It's specifically for s'mores. <gasps> oh, they're like I see. they're like s'mores. smaller. I love that. So like if you don't want to open a whole entire bar of chocolate, it's, yeah, they're just like smaller. smaller. Especially because I don't like chocolate that right. much. So I love chocolate. On, yes, yes, I'm worried. Oh, one, two. I love chocolate on s'mores. And I love s'mores. Yeah, don't don't at her about her love for not chocolate. Like, yeah, I. She knows. We know. I know. I know. Okay. Did like, you try um, the s'mores Girl Scout cookies they had this year? Yeah, I didn't like them. I loved them. Monica knows. We they were at half price so books, and they were selling oh, you, you Girl Scout cookies, cookies, right? Yeah, and they were letting you try that one specifically that because they were new. new. We were both Super like, holy good. shit, and so then we bought them immediately. No, I mean, like, they're good. They're good. I just, like, so with s'mores, though, the thing that I like the most about s'mores is the marshmallow, like, roasting mm-hmm. the marshmallow part. So. Oh, got it. Well, you'll get to do that now. I get to do that now! I get... For, like, casual fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm Whenever gonna, you want to. I'm going to just have s'mores parties by myself all the time and just eat <laughs> marshmallows. I yeah. really just like the marshmallow portion of s'mores. Got it. <laughs> I don't like marshmallows, but I like them in s'mores. Mm. I don't like chocolate, but I like them in s'mores. Oh my god, we're one half. I know. <laughs> do you like graham crackers only when... <laughs> <laughs> no, digestive <laughs> biscuits for <laughs> British people out there. Oh my god. So... You mean dehydrated? Not digested. <laughs> you said oh. digested. Oh. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> no, digestive biscuits. Oh, digestive. Yeah. Oh, so digestive. That's like the closest. So graham crackers are like an American thing, but like the closest yeah. thing is digestive biscuits. Got it. I thought you said weird. Yeah, no, weird. digested biscuits would be <laughs> rancid. So that was the end of this podcast. You got to hear us open our presents. We hope that you get cool presents too. I hope your friends know you as well as our friends know us. <laughs> Granted, yes. don't feel bad. We've known each other for over 10 years. That too. Oh, true. Mm-hmm. Um, we really do hope um, this holiday season is good for you guys. Um, it hasn't it happened yet. Rough. Holidays can be hard, but we do hope that you guys enjoy however you are spending that the time. Yeah. So, have fun with you if whoever you're spending it with, or if you're spending it. Yeah, with, treat yourself. Yeah, this is the time <laughs> having time alone. So, anyway, any holiday. Treat yourself. That too. (laughs) All the time. Treat yourself. The best shopping is after Christmas. Mm -hmm. So treat yourself with major savings afterwards. Yeah. TVs better go go on sale after Christmas because they're gearing up for the new 
models. Models. So if you don't mind having a 2017 model, then Who like, cares? oh, I mean 2018. Sorry, we're about to be in 2019. <laughs> um, oh my god! You can get a nice modeled TV, but that's about it. So it's a really specific item, Isabel. <laughs> I need a new TV. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, so a, a Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at number two, girls number one, SC, email the same as always, two girls one scaredy cats all spelled out at Gmail. Um, that is it. We're gonna be seeing you in the new year. Yeah. Bye. Bye.